Welcome inside the lab at Formula 4 Media. I am Bob McGee. And today I'm here speaking at the PGA uh, show in Orlando with Dick Sullivan, President and CEO of the PGA Tour Superstore chain, which is based in the Atlanta area and is in the midst of doubling its store base over the next four years. Before joining the golf specialty chain in November 2006 as a director and later appointed president in March 2008, Mr. Sullivan was instrumental in building both the Home Depot and the NFL's Atlanta Falcons as chief marketing officer of both organizations. During his Home Depot tenure, he was involved with the chain's sponsorship of the Olympics and NASCAR, including Joe Gibbs Racing. Uh, Good morning, Mr. Sullivan, and uh, let's get started. Before we discuss PGA Tour Superstores, uh, let's talk about your experience with the other companies in the AMB group, owned by Arthur Blank, the owner of the NFL's Falcons. Uh, What have you taken and been able to apply from those work experiences to your current position in the golf specialty retail segment? Good morning, Bob. Great to be here. Um, I think first, I've been with Arthur Blank uh, since the Home Depot days, so 25 years, and came over a month after he bought the, the Atlanta Falcons, and we... You know, we, we looked at the Atlanta Falcons, and we took a lot of the um, a lot of the intangibles that we had at Home Depot, and we applied them to the NFL. And, it, and primarily, it was to try to create a great experience. I mean, if you just start there, and and I think in all the businesses, we just acquired an MLS team. Um, Atlanta United is, is going to start next year. We're building a stadium. The stadium is going to be world class. Um, it's probably going to be one of the one of those wonders, seventh or eighth wonder in the world. Um, and we'll have Super Bowls and we'll have all kinds of major events that'll be in the, this new stadium. And that opens up in 17. And I had worked in, in the NFL for about eight years uh, with the team. And I realized that, you know, it's, it's sort of a lot of people go to a football game for, for the football game. But a lot of people go for the experience. I, I often say that people don't go to a two-minute race at the Kentucky Derby just for the race. They go for the whole experience. So for us, our stores, if, if the, the, the one word that differentiates us from all of our competitors is the experience. It's, it's sort of like we happen to be in Orlando. It's sort of like Disney World. And, uh, you know, and much has gone on in the golf retail world in recent years with inventory glots and some of the big box retailers cutting back their space for the category. Uh, where do you see the overall golf market now, both positively and negatively, and in the U.S. internationally? Well, I think that the industry did go through some tough times, uh, specifically 13 and 14. I think 2012 was the big year with, with TaylorMade's White Driver, the Rocket Balls, Rocket Blades, and, I, and the industry was at a peak. Uh, and, and 13 coming off of that, you know, it was very hard to, to compete against those numbers. It fell off. And then, in, and then in 14, some of the mass merchants made a decision to really change sort of the life cycle and accelerate the life cycle of the products, uh, markdown products. You know, they got rid of their PGA pros in their stores. And so I think what's, what's happened now is those uh, companies that are the off-course retailers like PGA Tour Superstore that are focused on the avid golfer, not just the recreational golfer, but the avid golfer, those are the ones that are going to win. And PGA Tour Superstores, with the technology inside of our stores, we're able to custom fit and, and, and take care of that serious golfer. And not just the serious golfer, but also the beginner, right. and give them equipment so we'll make, make the game easier and more fun for them to play. Okay. Well, actually, what, I didn't have this on. What, what is the mix between equipment and apparel and soft goods in your stores? Is it 50-50? Is it... You know, it really varies, but it, it can be 50-50 in some markets. It can be 60% uh, equipment and balls, 40% apparel, but each market is different. We have stores in Naples, Florida, and stores in Palm Desert, stores in Chicago, Denver, New York, California. So it, so every market is a little bit different. Oh. Well, uh, and, uh, and uh, PGA Tour Superstores is opening its 26th store in Salt Lake City in April, and I guess next week you're opening in Tucson. Can you discuss the train, chain's growth strategy over the next four years, working to become a national player, and how does the banner appeal to the game's wide-ranging demographics? Uh, we talked, you talked about this before with the uh, low-handicap players to the young millennials trying out the game. 
to women and kids? Well, this is going to be the biggest year for PGA Tour Superstores. We, we're going to add five additional stores. Um, our goal is currently we have 20, we're open at our 25th store next week in Tucson, Arizona, and we'll have 50 stores by 2020. Uh, we'll open up in Salt Lake City and Sandy, Utah uh, in April, and then we've got uh, two other stores that we're, we're working, finalizing the leases now on. I wish I could tell you where they are, but one will be in May and one will be hopefully by Father's Day. So we'll have four in the first half, and then we're building another store uh, that will open up in the, in the fall. Uh, we just feel it's the right time. Um, you know, there's, there's more millennials coming into the game. PGA Junior Golf Leagues, uh, when you look at the stats of young girls, women, juniors coming in, the amount of players, the amount of teams, it's really been staggering just in the last year. I mean, we have 3,000 clinics in our stores uh, this past year, just in our stores. We, we get free clinics all the time inside of our stores. So we, we just think it's the time to expand. We think that golf is back. I think 15 was a year of reset after coming off of, you know, some, I'll say, equipment um, challenges in, in 13 and 14. But I'm, I'm very, very bullish. Um, the tour hasn't had a better year since last year when you look at the ratings up 20% in terms of television and all the young guns that everybody talks about. And it's not just one guy. I mean, it's, it's a whole bunch of players. And so it's exciting. It was exciting to see Ricky win this past weekend with the, the new King Cobra, um, put, you know, King Cobra back on the map. So. Lots of excitement right now. There's more positives than there are negatives in our industry than I've ever felt. Okay. And do you also, I, I did see people wanting to adopt the golf lifestyle, at least in terms of the look of golf apparel. Maybe they, 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 they you know, play a little bit at the town course, but they want to have the look of golf apparel, and so that would be a customer perhaps of yours? Yeah, I think, I mean, obviously in the last five to ten years, I mean, you can go to any office in America and not everybody's wearing a suit and tie. I mean, casual Fridays have, been, have become casual Monday through Friday. And, and our product and our stores and the, and the brands that we have, and obviously Under Armour has done an amazing job just in the last year. We call it the speed effect. But all the brands um, are great sort of products you can wear. And then I think there's, there's this whole category that we're exploring now, which it's kind of apres golf. It's kind of after golf, and women are wearing the leggings, and they're wearing the quarter zips or full zips, and so um, it's more fitness, casual, but it's a combination of golf and, and fitness. And can you discuss um, uh, how you see golfers' relationship with buying in-store in, or in green grass shops versus buying online? Is that changing? Is PGA Tour and uh, working on um, an e-commerce business, or how is it evolving for you? Yeah, we, we are the official worldwide e-commerce shop for the PGA Tour. So when you go to PGATour.com and you hit shop, um, you come to the PGATourSuperstore.com store. And so we supply worldwide uh, for the PGA Tour, the e-commerce platform. Uh, you know, to us, it doesn't really matter where the customer shops. I mean, obviously, e-commerce has become a bigger factor. It's much easier. In, in fact, what's happening to us is because we have stores in Chicago and in Arizona that many of the customers, once they visit one of our stores, then they just order online and they have shipped to, the, to their house. We're changing this year. We're actually going to make it easy for the customer. They can come to the store. They can order online, pick it up in store. So there's a number of things that we're doing to evolve. As the customer evolves in their shopping patterns, we're going to evolve with them. And you have international customers that maybe no PGA tour but have never been to one of your stores that can buy online from by going to the site yeah we in, in fact in, in in many countries uh as you can imagine i mean the 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 europeans come to naples florida very often uh we get a lot of folks from saskatchewan and alberta and vancouver that come down to the desert uh in california or into into arizona so we get we get customers from all over the world buying from us now
And you do the fulfillment yourself, or do you outsource that, or how is that done? We do it all. Uh, we do the fulfillment ourselves. We have a warehouse out of Atlanta, Georgia. Actually going to break that out. That's one of the things testing this year. We're going to look to, to shorten the lead time, so we're going to open up facilities inside our stores in Denver, say, example, or in Long Island and other areas, uh, make it easier for the customer if they want to pick it up in the store or you know, shorten the, the ship dates you know, when they receive the product. Oh, I'm trying to understand. So your associates in the store would pick the product and, and ship it right out from the store yeah, to the that, customer? And that's what happens in a lot of stores now. Um, and, it, and it saves on shipping costs for the consumer, and it shortens the lead time for the consumer, so the consumer wins. Um, so finally today, Mr. Sullivan, uh, you know, I wanted to ask you what you think the good word is for the golf market over the next five years, and are there potential pitfalls that must be avoided by retailers such as yourself and others? Well, I think that the good word... Um, starts with things like Olympics, also starts with things like Ryder Cup, um, starts with what we saw last year coming off of an incredible year with the PGA Tour. You see tremendous new products. I can't believe the new products that, are, that I've seen this week, uh, not just in hard goods but in apparel. Um, it's certainly much more of a fashion industry. And I think people are pushing the envelope um, in fashion, which is great. And I think they're pushing the envelope in equipment, which is hard because it's regulated by the USGA and RNA. Uh, I, so I think that, the, as I said earlier, I think the pendulum has swung. There's more good than there is bad. I think the pitfalls is I think people have to have patience. I think people have to, uh, in the equipment side, uh, every competitor is looking over each, their shoulder over, you know, after each other. I think we have to have patience. I think the life cycles of products needs to stabilize like it has. Um, there's been a change at the helm at TaylorMade, and I see that being more stable now. Um, not just introducing new product every three, six months, but trying to get to even 18 months. I mean, the Ping J30 is still a top seller uh, even 18 months later, and they're coming out with the G next month. So I think if we can stabilize on the equipment side, um, and I think the other thing probably for the entire game, because I was being talking just about the equipment, the entire game, we just need to keep making it more fun. Uh, at the end of the day, you know, there's, there's 25 million golfers that play this game. There's a couple million that leave, 800,000 leave because they either die or physically can't play. But the other million, they leave because it's not generally it's too expensive or it's too hard or takes too much time. It's because it's not fun for them anymore. And, you know, we use those obstacles all the time of why people aren't playing the game. But if, if, if the golf courses can make it more fun, I heard there's 18,000 driving ranges out there trying to replicate top golf and trying to make it more fun for the millennials. And if we can convert, there's so much latent demand that's not just 25 million golfers, but there's another 50 million golfers that want to play the game. They're on the edge. And if we can convert them over, I mean, this industry can become very robust again. Um, and that's what I'm excited about is we have so many people just waiting to come back into the game. We can make it more fun. Well, thank you for your insights today, Mr. Sullivan. And you've been listening to Inside the Lab at Formula 4 Media. And this is Bob McGee.